0: On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Raba Rahill from Triple Whale. Guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last few months, you know I'm absolutely obsessed with their attribution platform and as well with just their e-commerce operating system. They are this month's sponsor, but this episode was anything but a sponsored episode. It was just an incredible conversation. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. If you are a mid-seven-figure brand and above, listen up. Are you struggling with ads this year? Uh, How about growth in general? What about profitability? Supply chain issues got you down? You are not alone. As a brand owner myself, I totally get this. iOS 14 has ravaged many smaller brands. The good news, our clients at Upgrowth and the brands that we own have not been touched. Don't get me wrong. We had to fight to figure out how to advertise effectively in a post-surveillance ad world. But we learned some incredible lessons along the way, and we want to share some of those lessons with you. So go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com/grow to apply for a free growth plan today, so we can show you what is working in a post iOS fourteen point five world. Again, that is www.upgrowthcommerce.com/grow. Now on to today's episode. Someone on my team thought I either had superpowers or woke up at 5 a.m. to crunch client numbers. Turns out I just used Triple Whale. Yeah, that's what one of their customers said. And he may be onto something. No one has to know the secret weapon to your success is Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform built to accurately pinpoint your ad spend across networks, making you look like the smartest person in the room. Their robust app helps you clarify your campaign's performance so you can run smarter, faster, more effective ad spends in real time and reap the rewards. Are you a genius? Only one way to find out. Guys, want to take Triple Whale for a spin? Stop by triplewhale.com slash upgrowth and use promo code upgrowth for 15% off. Now onto today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Guys, this is the third attempt that Rabba and I have made to record this podcast. It has been difficult. We have been working you know, in between technology issues and client issues and all of this sort of stuff, and, and we're making this happen. Rabba Rahel from Triple Whale, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand.
1: Hey, thank you. Yeah,
0: it's almost like the world doesn't want the knowledge, but we're going to get it out there to the people, Jordan. No, it's definitely like another attribution software. I'm not going to name who they are, but they're definitely trying to attack this podcast right now. One of them actually (laughs) offered me triple to come on the podcast. And I was like, no, 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 no. I got triple L coming on. I love these guys. This is what we're going to do here. So... (laughs) wrap <laughs> For people it. who don't know anything about you or Triple Whale, which if they've listened to this podcast for the last, I don't know, three months, <laughs> they probably should. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you guys do.
1: Yeah, so I am the CMO over at Triple Whale. So uh, not chief meme officer, actually chief marketing officer, but uh, we do do a lot of memes. And we are basically the e comm OS uh, for e-commerce or the OS for e-commerce, if you will. So we offer a profitability tracker attribution platform, as well as aggregating all of your data into one place. So
0: you can easily make decisions to scale your business and make more money. When did you guys make the choice to add the attribution side of things? Because for a long time, I was a huge Lifetimely fan, right? Which I, yep. I think would have been a, a competitor of yours in the sort of OS kind of space. When did yep. you guys make that decision to like, hey, attribution's an issue. We we really got to tackle this.
1: Yeah. So that was all credit to our brilliant CEO, visionary, just awesome human, AJ, Early November, pretty much like November 1, he not necessarily pivoted the company, but basically took all of our dev resources and plowed it into creating the triple pixel, which is our attribution platform. So that's kind of, you can have triple whale or triple whale plus attribution. So in November, we launched it pretty much in December and then fully functioned out of beta in January. And then now it's been moving and grooving. We actually just have another update coming, which is really exciting. Pretty much going to be like a step change. So we have a, like this three brain developer just a really really brilliant guy and he found some really cool probabilistic thing where he can match these orphan orders to even increase attribution even more so it's already first in class but now it's going to be just super super crazy so yeah in november we launched the kind of plans for in december we launched the beta in january we started coming out of beta and then february till now we've been fully operational we service so we have about three four thousand merchants on the store and Probably I'd say three-fourths have the pixel and then a quarter don't. Usually the people that don't are just... um uh, the lower stores where under a million dollar run rate where they, they're just not spending enough. Not that you wouldn't get value from it, but when you're spending 10, 20, 30K a day, you really need to make sure that you're not flying blind where, you know, if you're spending $500, $1,000
0: a day, not like that's a pejorative or a bad thing, but just uh, just different phases in your business. Totally, totally. I remember the very first time and the first weekend that I used the pixel and I was I had a campaign that Facebook said was doing, I think it was like 1.8 or something. You know, return on ad spend and spending, I, I was probably in the kind of one and a half to 2000 range for this uh, campaign per day. And yep. I probably wouldn't keep a campaign like that running. Yep. And I then had all of the data beside me from Google Analytics. And then I yep. also had the triple pixel data and the yep. triple pixel was telling me, actually your return on ad spends 4.5 on this, yep. right? But this one ad set that Facebook is telling you is actually doing well is not doing well. And it's actually yep. this one that's doing well. And I was just, my mind was blown and I started using this data to actually start running. And I, I don't really run <laughs> our campaigns that often, but I'm so interested in all this stuff that I just started getting into ads manager and being like, oh my gosh, this is such a game changer. Yeah. Going off of yeah. the triple pixel data is has completely changed the way that we manage our ads. And again, is one of those things that I really think, you know, for right now at Upgrowth, our our agency, it's like, oh, yeah, this sort of makes us unique. But like everybody is going to adopt this.
1: Yeah. So we see that story time and time again. Ultimately, back in the day, even like two years ago, in platform metrics were still usable and you would have there's ultimately two phases of media buying. There's deployment and optimization. And so now what's happened is like instead of deployment and optimization being in the same thing, like you're in channel metric, like your Facebook ads manager, your deployment's still in your Facebook ads manager, but your optimization's now in triple whale well, to your point where you're looking at what campaigns, ads and ad sets to scale or sunset, depending on that data. And then you go do that in triple whale. Well. And we're, we're actually playing around with being able to do everything in triple whale well so you can deploy ads, change budgets, et cetera, et cetera. So you don't have to do the back and forth. But one, people actually don't mind jumping in and out of ads manager because people aren't changing their ads that much. And then two, big risk profile on our part, where right now we're basically read only. So like worst case scenario, yeah. we don't get your data wrong, but worst case scenario, we're going to show you some off data versus if we're deploying ads, worst case scenario, we're spending your money in the wrong places. We totally. turn on ads that you had turned on. It's just a much bigger risk tolerance that we're looking into. But anyways, the too long didn't read is not only that TikTok attribution is absolutely atrocious. And so as
0: people are kind of moving over Does there, it even exist? <laughs> <laughs> the exactly. TikTok attribution, like, and now I just saw, like, as of I think it's the twenty fourth or something, they're adding cookies. Yep, which is hilarious in a way because it's like, aren't we going to a cookieless world in the next like yep. year or two or yep. three years? Like, it, <laughs> it, it, it's really. Bad. I know they just want to do really something, bad. but. Yeah, yeah, their their attribution is atrocious, and so
1: uh, when people are scaling up, so we have uh, people spending proper money on TikTok, and you just can't do it with the in platform metrics. Not only you turn everything off,
0: yeah. If you were relying on in platform metrics, here's here's a hilarious uh, little aside for you, Rabba. You know, everybody on LinkedIn and wherever loves to post their results. I have never seen somebody post a screenshot of TikTok's (laughs) ads manager as a result because what are you going to do? Well, I'm, hey, I'm getting a 0.5 return on ad spend here. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't happen. And so we have some people that are spending proper money on TikTok, and it's been their basically heaven sent because you to all the things you're, especially to not only a store owner operator, but. Even agencies, like I'm going to tell you, Jordan, if you're running my ads at a 1. X or what have you, turn them off versus when I'm really getting a 3x for you. And so being able to get people out of the in-channel metrics and onto the triple pixel metrics have been I'm really, really helpful for helping people scale and grow not only um, on their Facebook ads, but more so in TikTok as well.
0: This might be getting a little bit into the weeds, but I kind of want to go here. Oh, and so, sorry for everybody, I, I normally preface this. Triple Whale is our sponsor of... April, they are the sponsor of the podcast uh, this month, which has been uh, awesome. I just wanted to give you guys that disclaimer. Uh, I would have had Rabba on this podcast either way because I actually love the software this much. The code that we have has somehow been leaked out uh, and has been used a lot. Which is awesome uh, for anybody who leaked it out there. You know, how, how dare you? But at the same time, so good to know that you guys are actually listening to what uh, I'm telling you guys. Because I truly believe that this is like incredibly game changing. But Raba, how does it work? Why in the world, you know, am I seeing a five return on ad spend on the triple pixel and I'm seeing, I just want to go through one example here. So, you know, five on triple whale, two on Facebook, but then the opposite with branded keywords in Google, right? Branded keywords are telling me, you know, 150 return on ad spend and it's zero in triple whale. Do you mind just letting me know, like how does this work from like just a general overview without giving away the, the secret sauce of it all?
1: Yeah, so high level, ultimately what's happening is you aren't able to see the proper data from the in-channel metrics anymore. It's model data, essentially. That's what, so Facebook started something called Aggregate Event Measurement, AEM. And so you can think of that as almost like laundering your money. So when you're laundering money, not only do you not get all the money, it's not really the same money. And so you're getting a less accurate data representation. Furthermore, there's delays on it. You can't just launder your money like that. And so what's going to happen there is you're, you're going to have some really weird delays and you're going to have people claiming credit that shouldn't because Google doesn't know what Facebook's doing. Facebook doesn't know what Google's doing, doesn't know what Clavia is doing, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're able to dedupe that across all the channels as well as tell you the true participation in the purchase because ultimately what happens is, Jordan, you have a happiness pill store. I click the email that you send me and then I look, you get served a Facebook ad and then I search Jordan's happiness pill store on Google, but I click the ad instead of actually just going on to the first search result. And then ultimately I make a purchase. If I make that purchase within the attribution window of all the channels, all three channels will claim credit for that. And again, Clavio, yeah. Facebook, and Google have no clue what they're doing. And so that's one of the bigger advantages, not only of the tracking of first party and owning your data, but also having a cohesive camera system that is all connected versus Google has their own camera system. Clavio has their own camera system and Facebook has their own camera system that don't talk to each other. So ultimately like the two long didn't read is we're deduping stuff. We're using server-side cookies and UTMs as well to kind of enhance all that attribution. And then we're giving you again, the truth participation of the purchase to help you scale up. We also give you a ton of different attribution models as well. So click date, event date, first click, last click, fractional, linear, triple attribution, and then triple attribution press views. So you can see these different cuts as well to help even get a higher resolution on what's going on in your ad ecosystem.
0: Why are the results so different between Google Analytics and the triple pixel? I would have Uh, expected them to be fairly similar. Why is that so different?
1: yeah so google analytics is just off of utms so whatever utms they catch we catch obviously we do some other really fancy server side stuff so the irony is is we call it a triple pixel but it's actually not a triple pixel like so facebook's pixel is like a literal pixel that you install and so when you see the screen the the screen's made up of pixels they take one of those pixels and actually use it for tracking we're actually doing server side stuff and some other fancy things that i kind of don't understand but ultimately you'll install something on your shopify store and then on your checkout. Um, And so Google Analytics doesn't have that and nor can they do that because it's third party tracking. And so they would get their hand slapped just like why Facebook can't do it with their third party tracking because it's actually first party tracking for you. Because another way to think of it is ultimately you're just renting architecture and infrastructure from us to run your own first party tracking. And so you could go build your own thing if you wanted to. It's really expensive. It's really hard and it's probably not going to be that good, but you could absolutely go do it. But instead of doing that, you just give
0: us money so you can print more money. Perfect, perfect. And that is gonna be the title of this episode. Give us money so you can print more money. (laughs) Rabba, what were the competitors in the space not doing that you saw? Why did you guys enter the space? There is some you know, decent attribution software out there. We were talking a little bit about some of it uh, before and I've tried it all guys. I've tried I, yep. I'm pretty sure I've tried it all. The only I think Wicked is the only one that I haven't actually tried and I don't even know if they're doing server side stuff now but where did you see the gap in the market?
1: Yeah, I mean honestly the biggest thing came from the need for, uh, so our co-founder, one of our co-founders, so we have three co-founders, Yvonne, Max and AJ and Max actually ran and still has I think, he's sunsetting it but A business called Madison Braids, it's hair extensions, and it was doing doing very very well. And then it started hitting some headwinds. And so AJ and him got together, like, hey, I want to have a platform that centralizes all of my metrics, and so I can understand what's going on, a profit tracker, etc., etc. And then from that, they realized, oh man, attribution iOS fourteen is really just taking absolute kneecap to everybody's business. How can we help that? And so that was kind of the genesis of it. And in terms of the gap in the market, ultimately we just saw that there was just so. Here's the dirty little secret about first party tracking is like everybody has access to the same weapons. It's the implementation and the representation that are actually the differentiators. So everybody has access to the same server side technologies. Everybody has access to UTMs, et cetera, et cetera. It's how you implement that. And then it's also how you represent that data to the user so then they can make actionable decisions off of it to then improve their business. And so we thought that the implementation and the representation were not really first rate. And so there's some people that have decent tracking where... it's not horrible, but at the same time, they don't have a really good way to implement it. And then they don't have a good way to represent it to you to then understand how you can optimize and again, scale ads or sunset ads, depending on the data you see.
0: This month's sponsor is Triple Whale. Triple Whale's powerful analytics platform clarifies your ad performance across marketing channels, keeping you instantly in the know. Go to triplewhale.com slash upgrowth and use promo code upgrowth for 15% off today. Now, Back to today's episode. Mm, mm, gotcha. Let's talk about the dashboard because I live and breathe by this dashboard yeah. for all of the companies that we own. I'm constantly just looking at the dashboard. What makes the Triple Whale dashboard so awesome? Yeah, So
1: twofold. One, I think the simplicity of the design. So it's not simplistic, but it's simple where you just really can understand and see what you need to see. And then two, the customization of it where it's made up of sections and tiles and then you can have whatever order you want. You can put the uh, tiles in whatever order. You can put the sections in whatever hierarchy. And then three, just being able to have everything in one place is really amazing. So we don't charge by seat, we charge by store. So if you have a CEO or a C-suite in there, they're gonna have different things they care about a lot of high level metrics totally. know, like how much do we spend? How much do we make? How are we doing? Basically, when you have a media buyer in there, they want the whole kit and caboodle. They want to see every single channel metric and they want to have it in the way that they prefer. If you have a creative analyst, they want to see kind of the creative stuff as well as just jump into the creative dashboard. So having this customizability has been really, really helpful. And again, it's super simple. And that's one of the interesting things about Triple Oil. Again, I think one of our differentiators is no matter where you're at on your kind of marketing journey, whether you're just kind of starting out or you're super sophisticated marketer, you're going to be able to unlock value with triple whale. And then as you become more and more sophisticated, for example, if you don't understand how to use cohorts, that's fine. Like you can, cause our dashboard is our summary pages our most used feature by far, but if you yeah. do understand how to use cohorts or LTV or product journeys or et cetera, those things are there for you to internalize and actually get value from. And so that's why I think I kind of digress from your question. What makes our dashboard so amazing is one, it's on mobile, which nobody else has. And two, it's yeah. super, super easy to use where you basically can set it up and depending on the run rate of your store outside of, so I, I used to run an agency previously to triple And we had a client that sent 8 million emails a year, just kind of a lot of emails. And so that took a little bit to, I was probably like two hours to pull in to uh triple But outside of that, if you're not sending 8 million emails and then all the data, you're going to be up and running in five to 10 minutes or we're going to pull in a year was worth of your data and you can start analyzing it in real time. So the speed, the simplicity and the customizability are kind of the three big value vectors that I find are really hard to replicate elsewhere.
0: Totally, totally. Walk me through the creative dashboard. What's special about that? How does that help marketers and and even C-suite people really get a hold of their data?
1: Yeah. So creative dashboard is one of my favorite things. And again, it's one of those things that you don't really necessarily need to be a super sophisticated marketer to understand what's going on. So ultimately we only have it for Facebook right now. We're building out for TikTok, but every Facebook asset, whether that be an image or a video has uh, a fingerprint or a unique identifier, um, a social security number. I don't know what the equivalent of Canada is, but ultimately unique, uh, social insurance. insurance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that it's this unique identifier. Nobody else has this. And so what we do is take that and then we aggregate all the messages. Metrics on that. And so, what's really cool about it is you can sort these things by spend, by ROAS, by if it's videos, thumb stop ratio, whatever metrics you prefer. And you can see easily what ads either be video ads, image ads, or actual assets, whether that's image and videos, are performing the best. What's even cooler. So that's kind of cool. But what gets really cool is we have ability to make segments. And so the way I used it at my agency, I was, you should be using name conventions if you aren't, but I was very, very strict on my naming conventions in the ads manager. And so every prospecting campaign, whether you're running prospecting, retargeting, or middle funnel, top of funnel, bottom of funnel, whatever, I use prospecting and remarketing or retargeting is what I called it. But every prospecting campaign was prefix with PR. And so what Mm. I can do is make a segment that has campaign name includes PR. And so every campaign that has PR, it'll pull in all those creatives. And then for retargeting, it was the same thing for RT. And so I could easily see what my top prospecting image assets, video assets, image ads, video ads, we also pull in the top copy as well. So it's a really easy way to just do a whole creative analysis. And the other thing we were doing, so when I was running my agencies, uh, we had a client that was spending upwards of $10,000 on a creative agency for out-of-house creatives to make assets. And so he wanted to know, hey, are these actually making me money or not? And so every ad that had, it was called HOTS, their great agency here in Austin, every agency or every creative we launched of theirs was prefixed again with a certain HOTS prefix. And so we could easily yeah. see their ads versus our ads. So that would be more so how excuse me, the C-suite would use it where, hey, and what's my return on investment for the ads I'm paying for? But mostly yeah, people, I love that. the marketers, yeah, marketers are going to use it for kind of the prospecting seeing what is working at the prospecting level, retargeting level, and then you can start to iterate that way. It's almost like dynamic creative pulled out. The other thing is it's a really great loss leader. If you're an agency where you can say, Hey, let me plug into triple well really quickly. And I can do a year to date creative analysis and see uh, your top 10 performing ads your top 10 copy your top 10 images, your top 10 videos by row ads, by spend, by thumb stop ratio. And it takes you like five minutes, throw it in a notion doc and it's this beautiful deliverable. So really great loss leader. Or if you are an agency with the current client, It's great to either pull that every week or every month to understand kind of what's going on and clients absolutely love it. And it's a super, super easy lift on your part. And it's a really great deliverable. Awesome, awesome. That's
0: great. Rabbi, I gotta ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? I think it's gonna sound cheesy because
1: I've been saying this across every other podcast I've been on. But the secret to scaling now in this era is threefold it's community it's foundational economics and it's being able to diversify your spend away from not necessarily just Facebook but being able to spend on other channels obviously the, the soup du jour right now is TikTok but those if you can hit those three things being able to have the fundamentals being able to hit that kind of community building that community out and being able to diversify your spend, those are really the three things that we've seen across all the accounts that are doing really well right now and if you hit those three things it's really going
0: to be co- Cocaine and champagne, you're going to be able to scale up. Cocaine and champagne. (laughs) Rob, I got one more question for you. I've actually got a few more questions for you, but one one more marketing sort of related question. Where are your thoughts and the thoughts of Triple Whale at with Performance Max right now?
1: Interesting question. Very good question. So me personally, so Triple Whale's thoughts are pretty much agnostic. Like if it's doing well, we're going to show you it's doing well. It is a bit of a black box to be fair. My thoughts are it's working really well for clients. The problem is that black box part of it where they do sneak in a lot of branded search and kind of retargeting, remarketing stuff in it, which can kind of boost your results where at the end of the day, really performant media buyers care about incremental conversions. They don't really care about the totality of conversions. Is this person going to convert anyways? You don't want to just hand them an ad while they're walking to the cash register. That I mean, that doesn't yeah. really do much. And so that's the one knock that I have on Performance Max is that can be a bit of the case. But all in all, it seems like it's a really good spend right now. I would Definitely, definitely test it out. I'm seeing a lot of clients have some lift, like a past client of mine um, is seeing a lot of success with it. But again, you want to be able to try and measure that incremental lift versus just, oh, we're making more money and spending more money, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But at the same time, like that's going to hit a ceiling where you start to tap out your remarketing audience or you're like, I don't mind spending on branded search if you know that you're spending on, right? Like if you're like, so for example, for Triple Whale, like we spend on branded search just to keep people off our terms. Like it's not a performance initiative. It's just a defensive buy, right? Yeah. And that's a totally different thing than, oh, I'm spending all this money. And I think it's actually generating me these incremental conversions. So for me, I think it's definitely worth trying. I think the preliminary results are really, really positive. The cons are it can sneak a lot of branded and kind of retargeting in there that isn't necessarily probably the most efficient spend if you are looking for the most incremental lift.
0: Awesome. Awesome. That was a good, great explanation. I love that. Three more questions for you, Rabba. Besides Triple Whale, favorite tool or app that you're using, right now.
1: I have a couple. So, Notion, obviously, and then Akiflow is something that I live by. It's, uh, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with time blocking, but I'm super regimented. Like, literally, from when my day starts to when my day ends, my whole day is planned. And the way I do that is through Akiflow. So, Akiflow is basically like this calendaring app. But what's really cool about it is you can hook up all these services. So, I use, so our tech stack is Slack, Gmail, and Asana. So, Asana is our project management, and Notion, which is a kind of like archival stuff when we do fancy stuff. Asana is our project management. Slack is our internal comms and Gmail is our external comms. And so if anytime I get an email and it's important and I know I need to do it, I'll start anytime something in Slack comes up that's important, I'll bookmark it. And anytime something is assigned to me in Asana, all these things populate into my little AccuFlow inbox. And then I can just drag those things over onto my calendar because I'm notorious for basically thinking I'm Superman and I can do all this stuff where it's not true. And so as I start to use time blocking, I'm like, oh yeah, there's no way I'm going to get to that today because like that task is going to take me 15. That's going to take me 10 minutes. That's going to take me 20 minutes. Minutes. And so AkiFlow and Notion are probably my two biggest. And Asana is actually, I was a big Notion guy and then we adopted Asana and um, I still heavily use Notion, but Asana has actually been really fantastic as well. And that now that I'm running, so my whole life has pretty much been an individual contributor. And now that I'm running as an executive, running a team, having all these disparate parts, like my head of acquisition is in Israel. And then I have a couple people remote. The majority of the marketing team is in Austin, but I would say Asana, Notion and AccuFlow are kind of the three biggest apps that
0: I've been using a lot. I am going to download AccuFlow right after this. I love that idea. It's really cool. (laughs) Now, do they have a Monday integration? That's what I need to know. But yes, uh, yeah, they got Monday
1: like, ClickUp, Notion. They're really good. Jira, if you're into the uh, you know ticketing systems, it's really strong. It's really, really good. I think it's a YC company as well, but it's fantastic. Oh, it's cool. really cheap too. I, I don't remember how much it is, but it's super, super affordable, really economical. And yeah, it's pretty much how I run all my days and it's it's really neat. And then you can get into tagging. So one of the things that you can do, so if you have like higher level projects, you'll just make those as like tags and then you have those tags and then you'll have the action items sit under those tags. So you can get really uh, pretty high resolution with it. It's fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Tool. Cool. Sounds awesome. Uh, second question for you. Favorite podcast or audio book that you're listening to right now?
1: Yeah. So what's my favorite? Uh, tons of tons. The, the all in podcast is not horrible. It's Chamath, Sachs, and uh, Jason Calacanis. That's a really fun one. And then in terms of books, what am I listening to? I'm listening to a fantasy book right now, actually, called Project Hail Mary. I don't know if you're into fantasy or anything like that or sci-fi, I guess, would be more so the category, but it is about you know who Andy Weir is? Did you ever hear about The Martian? He did The Martian. Anyways, nope. it's a fun read, but if you want actual, uh, I just, we were just talking about this. I haven't read it in a while, but it's fantastic, called Shoe Dog. I recently got really into sneakers. I'm collecting I'm just like a huge sneakerhead now, and I'm really into sneakers. And Shoe Dog is a fantastic memoir about, it's actually a biography by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, and it's a Really, really interesting read. Super fun. Um, so I would recommend that
0: as well. Yeah, i also highly, highly recommend that book. Last question for you, Reba. If you could sit down with anybody, they have to be alive. You get an hour yep. with them. Can't there be yeah. Elon Musk. Okay. Who would it be? You see, he's going to buy Twitter. and Nuts. Yeah, it's I incredible. mean, maybe it's gonna be nuts. Looks like it's getting it better. Might
1: go through, right? It's gonna be nuts. It's <laughs> a great question. I think I would go with probably Richard Branson. I, I'm a mm. big fan of his. He, he's made a bunch of money, but seems pretty decently cool. I, I have a bunch of dead people that I would hang out with, but I, I haven't thought of the live one.
0: I like the the Richard Branson answer. I don't think anybody's ever said Richard Branson. He's yeah, he's built he's built super an cool.
1: At, he had an island at twenty something. He was he. he basically started virgin records and every time he had a hit he would he, he bought his island and then every time he had a hit he would make his uh island even cooler and cooler and cooler uh really interesting guy i mean his virgin galactic went bust obviously and there's some other things but i don't know he seems he seems like he knows how to build an empire i'm a pretty fascinating guy and he's old semi-healthy yeah and again yeah. he hasn't gotten super douchey and he's pretty uber wealthy bezos is obviously the other answer you know the everything store is a really interesting book as well kind of his not a biography but his kind of out like a wild Walter Isaacson on jobs. Um, I forget who wrote it, but the everything store um, is pretty interesting yeah. about him. He, he, he's a pretty fascinating guy. Interesting as well, but I would do Branson or Bezos probably.
0: Sweet. One of my uh, buddies got to uh, go to his Island recently. Really? And has pictures with him right beside Richard Branson, having drinks and stuff. I'm like, how did you get That's to do flex. that? <laughs> That's a flex. Oh, oh it's a yeah. huge flex. I'm like, well, uh, maybe he put it, It's he's into ocean cleanup stuff. And uh, okay. and so that's how he got in. So that's kind of my goal is to is to be able to get on that get island with on. Uh, trash. Well, it cleanup, burnt so. down.
1: It burnt down. You know the story? So there was a big crazy lightning strike and I can't remember the gal, but the gal like saved his mom. There was a big lightning strike and the whole island got caught on fire and uh, some celebrity like carried his mom out of a burning building. It's crazy. Yeah, I'll have to look it up or Google it. You'll figure it, find it on there. It's a crazy story. Yeah, he had to rebuild it.
0: wow wow crazy yeah yeah rabbit thanks so much for your time today this is an awesome uh, conversation i I, i've almost kept it at half an hour where we almost stayed within the time limit you professional you you
1: just
0: (laughs) hitting the numbers just a pure pro yeah
1: yeah (laughs) out of curiosity let's turn the tables and let me go host for a second who would you have
0: dinner with dead or alive you can go
1: dead I'll give you even more leeway. Who would it be?
0: So, okay, so I, one of my most interesting people that I've read lots of his books, listened to lots of his talks is Ram Das. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. I just feel like yeah. he would have been such an interesting person. You know, he was at the beginning of the psychedelic journey uh, with Timothy Leary and, you know, went and did the hippie thing out in India 100%. and yep. came back. I just find him incredibly interesting. Every single thing I read of his, I'm like, I came from, you know, I grew up as like my dad was a pastor and like the church oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. So it's interesting to have this other perspective, right? Where you're like, 100%. huh, this is, you know, this guy's done LSD five thousand times, and yet was, and I think because of that, also was able to like marry Eastern spirituality into the West, and also was like came from a family like a billionaire family and gave oh, all that. of that up yeah oh, i didn't know yeah that.
1: okay that's even more interesting yeah 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 Yeah,
0: he's a super super interesting guy he died a couple of years ago but i would have loved yeah. to go he had a place in maui where people could come you know if they had some inroad and come and stay with him and that would have been super interesting
1: i'd be on board with that yeah he has a very tons of great books great youtube stuff yeah very really fascinating yeah. guy actually especially if you're looking for a, a unique bend on the the spiritualism it's very 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 smart interesting takes
0: Totally. Hey,
1: thanks for turning that around, Raba. Yeah, that was fun. I, I've never heard that one either. I love that. It's great. He's a he's a fantastic pick.
0: Thanks. So, Triple Whale, where can people find out more about you guys? Uh, we actually have a new coupon code that people can use now. Yeah, uh, I believe absolutely. it is Upgrowth fifteen. Yep is the new coupon code. Where can people find out more if they're you know, if they on the fence? Uh, where, where's the best place for them to get the, the triple whale knowledge?
1: Yeah. So trytriplewhale.com is the best place to go. We also have a great YouTube channel. And then we have a wonderful newsletter that goes out every Tuesday, Thursday called Whale Mail. And that is right on our Twitter profile at triple whale. You can subscribe right there. And then we have a really fun Twitter feed uh, where our uh, head of social is one of the best memers out there. So if you like funny memes sprinkled in with really, really high, level, uh, marketing insights uh, definitely go give us a follow there. And then, um, yeah, I think those would be the two best places. And then you can go to try triple com slash upgrowth. And that's your guys' dedicated lander. Get all the goodies there to use that discount code. But yeah, thanks for having me, Jordan. This has been a blast, man. It finally yeah. came through Riverside cooperated Our schedules cooperated the internet. Cooperated, we did it. The Trinity <laughs> happened. <laughs> we did. <it. laughs>
0: well, thanks again. Awesome. Bye-bye. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.